Hello and welcome to Tiger Kick Off the Podcast. We've got two games left, folks, and we here at the Columbia Missourian are ready to talk about some Mizzou football. I am Liam Quinn, and with me, as always, are my colleagues at the Missourian, Nick Kelly and Bennett Durando. And I guess let's just get right into things. Nick, uh, you wrote the preview uh, about Tennessee this week. Uh, why don't you tell us what we need to know about the Volunteers? Well, they have the same record as the Tigers, but they are very much so on different tra- trajectories right now. They're both 5-5, five and five, but Tennessee is trending up. They've won, I believe, four of their last five, and the one loss was to Alabama. So that's <laughs> obviously not a game they're probably going to win. Mm. And they stuck around in that game, too. They did for a while, and then things kind of turned badly with the, it was a fumble on the goal line, right? Yeah, it was returned 100 yards for a touchdown. That's right, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that is things going badly, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But Missouri, as we know, is struggling, so it's going to be an interesting matchup just because Missouri could very well win this one. It's much more winnable than the Georgia and Florida games were, but it's still going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy one. And there is some uncertainty with what Tennessee is going to roll out offensively. They kind of have three guys playing quarterback for them right now. Barry Odom said they're anticipating three guys playing quarterback, and so they're preparing for each one. Now, as far as starting, it's unclear. Jeremy Pruitt, the Tennessee Volunteers head coach, said on the the weekly teleconference that he knows who he wants to start, but he's not going to tell. And so there's some, there's some kind of secretive elements there, but at the same time, we're likely going to see at least two, if not all three of them, play at some point. Uh, for Missouri, it, it seems like this is the game that determines whether just how epic this meltdown is because after you lose to Vanderbilt and Kentucky you go into those next two games sort of expecting them both to be losses so when they were at five and three I think we assumed we would be in a situation this week where we're talking about a five and five Tigers team and now Tennessee is the formulaic never supposed to have been a doubt kind of opponent at home where Missouri's generally played a lot better. So I, I think a game, one more game like this that they were supposed to win before the season, I think that determines just how cataclysmic this could be if it's a loss versus, a, you know, a semblance of recovery. And it, and it was interesting as we were talking to some of the seniors on Tuesday how much they wanted to focus their memory on this game rather than on this season and the last time playing on Faro Field. So for fans, that may not be much of a silver lining, but but there there is something to play for if you're the, this Missouri team too, as well as, who knows, Barry Odom's job. Uh, I, I still don't think there's really any chance he gets fired after this season, but you know, I think there's a little bit of a sense that you're playing for his future and his reputation, certainly. And let's 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 talk about the future a little bit. I mean, I know there's still two games left in this season, but really with the expectations that Missouri came into this season with, they're nowhere near that mark now. You know, there were talks of ten and two, nine and three maybe being the floor, and now they're five and five and are in an absolute free fall. So you mentioned that maybe Barry Odom, is he coaching for his job? I agree with you that he's not probably not going to be fired. I think that at, at this point, one, 
who are you going to hire to replace him? There's no big name out there on the market. And are they really in a position to shell out a lot of money for to, to tear a coach from somewhere else? And the second thing is they still don't know what their postseason eligibility is because the appeal still hasn't been heard. And it's a little, I, I think it's just a little ridiculous at this point that they don't know because the appeal was heard, you know, what, almost half a year ago at this point? So at a certain point, you know, what if, say like the worst case scenario happens and then the bowl ban gets in place, is in place next season because it's it doesn't come out this season, then you basically just lost another year. And then if that happens, if if instead of being ineligible this year, it carries over to next year, now you got juniors on this team that were like, well, I don't really want to stick around for this. It's my senior year. And then maybe we can see that maybe we would see then the turnover, the player turnover that we didn't see last year. Yeah, that's important to note because the seniors coming into this season were offered the chance to transfer without consequence because of that postseason ban. And this team united and they chose not to transfer. No one transferred, which was really impressive. If you're a Missouri fan, you want the bull ban or, or you want the whatever the result is of this appeal to land before bowl game announcements because Liam you hinted at I think it could be catastrophic to the program if mm-hmm. this makes it into next season and has the same sort of hangover impact that it has had all year I mean you mentioned it those juniors if they are if they get the same sort of consequence free transfer option then you've got Guys, in the best part of this defense is the secondary. You've got both of your starting safeties, Josh Bledsoe and Tyree Gillespie, who have been fantastic. Potentially, at, w- at what point do they consider transferring? At what point does Larry Roundtree consider transferring if he doesn't go into the NFL draft this year? He he would be a senior next season. Uh, there's plenty of guys. There's plenty to lose for Missouri if a bull ban is still on the table for 2020. And so... At at this point, you almost, if you're a Missouri fan, you almost have to be wishing for it to come down as soon as possible, and we're running out of weeks for yeah, that like, to happen. I mean, what are you gonna at this point? What are they gonna play in the Independence Bowl? I mean, yeah. they're they're not gonna get some cool New Year's Day bowl game. They're going to get one of the ones that they're always in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, and I mean, a lot of these lower tier uh, bowl games sort of just exist to make money. They're not, they're not. They don't have any tradition or, you know, illustrious history behind it. So, yeah, I think at this point, the best case scenario is, well, the best case scenario is they win the appeal, right? And the, the punishments don't affect them and they can play in a bowl game this year and next year. But if if you're if you're going to be suspended uh, or banned from playing in a, in a postseason game, you much rather would have it happen this year rather than it be another thing that you have to worry about even next year yeah yeah and you still lose the eight million dollars from that sec bowl pool of course well but we don't even know if the eight million like a couple years ago it was closer to 10 million yeah the money that they lost either way a lot of money that missouri right now especially because of the money they had to spend liam you know a lot about this spending on the this this whole appeal process Mm -hmm. they had to hire lawyers they Bennett, you wrote a great story about Mike Glazer, the lawyer that they they hired to lead up this appeal process. 
So there's a lot of money. They don't want to lose more money right now. And especially since the season has somewhat faltered and ticket sales probably are not as good as they were hoping by this time of the year. They really, yeah, they don't want to lose out on more of that and, revenue. And how much money did the school spend on the new South End Zone? And we've seen it from the games. It's not filling up. There's, and I mean, what reason besides senior night, what reason, if you're a casual fan, what, what's your reason for going to this game on Saturday? They're not playing well. The season's lost at this point. Um, and a lot of pe- a lot of students are going to be gone for Thanksgiving exactly. break too. It's going to be. I, I'm not expecting a big crowd, you know, and that's unfortunate for the seniors that have been here for a while, especially some of the guys that have been here for five years. But I, I also, I, I get the fans who are 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 a bit fed up at this point, fed up with the team, but also sort of the the just never ending seemingly NCAA saga that that is going down and yeah i mean it's been so strange it really has yeah. like if you think about it even for us we've been expecting this all right this is the week now this is the week now it never has happened even though the actual ruling came down in terms of the original sanctions in january then the appeal was heard in july correct yes yeah June and, july. and now we're we're in november late november it's almost thanksgiving and we still haven't heard. And it's just, it's almost absurd. And it's almost something where you get the sense talking to people around the program, the players, even Barry Odom talking at his press conferences. It's almost like, it's almost like this thing doesn't exist anymore. Like, did they just forget? Did they, you know what I mean? It's, well, and it's here, so absurd. And here's how the timeline works, right? Because at this point, you're either going to hear on the week of Thanksgiving or you're going to hear after the regular season's over. And after <laughs> that, there's only one week right before the yeah. bowl announcements are made. Right, so. and, I, and I'm not... 100% sure on this, but I assume if they're placed in a bowl game that they can't be taken out, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually not too sure on that, but yeah, but yeah I because you have these bowl games are starting to go, especially the small tier ones, are going to schools and trying to recruit universities basically to be willing to play in them at this point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you see last year. The Liberty Bowl was a suitor for Missouri for the last five weeks or so of the season where they had a representative at Faro Field at several games and and there was a relationship there and, and they wanted Missouri in that bowl game because it was close enough to where mm-hmm. fans were going to travel well. Yeah. What what bowl game right now is interested in Missouri unless you're really close? And the, there's a lot of things at stake money-wise for the bowl. Mm-hmm games and, and the people who run yeah. those. I mean, if you look back, I mean, I, I believe uh, in in February when the original sanctions were, were levied, the CFO of Mizzou Athletics, Tim Hickman, said that, I, I think this number is correct, but that the bowl revenue, the conference distribution, is about 8% of the athletic department's revenue. Uh, 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 budget you know it's it's a huge chunk and the athletic department's already operating in the red i mean that's that's the case with a lot of athletic departments but this would just be another big hit and they they'd have then a lot of other things assuming they're not they're they're not bowl eligible they're losing out on i mean money that they really need plus there was already with the sanctions part of that was a one percent fine on the budgets of the football, baseball, and softball programs. So you already lose a small chunk of change right there. And the other stuff is basically just piling on on top of that. And the whole PR campaign of Make It Right, 
everything that they lose the longer this goes on, it 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 starts to take its toll. Which is why some people have said, oh, they should just, they're not doing very well this year, so they should just drop it and accept the ban now and accept the penalties now. They're never going to want to accept it at any point. Yeah. Now, the chance of everything being overturned, probably not great, but there's at no point if they want to turn all this down or just accept it and just stop this appeal so they can maybe have a tougher season. Because also, yeah, football's not doing as well, but this affects baseball and softball too. And I have to imagine that those coaches would not be too thrilled if, because of football, Mizzou just just dropped the appeal. And, and, you know, I can't speculate as to whether not knowing is affecting the players at all, but at the very least, you can see, based on the performance on the field, the play has gotten a lot sloppier. They're committing more and more penalties. This is not sort of the this team does not appear on its surface as the team the united team that they had in years past under Barry Odom it seems a little like the facade looks rockier than it has in the past and with all this uncertainty like if if they're not eligible for a bowl game this year like if you're like could you blame a player that wanted to like spend their season somewhere else at this point after another lost season not at all Di- in terms of discipline they hit rock bottom on the three penalty play against florida last week that was week. ridiculous because it set up a third and 38 <laughs> yeah an offensive coordinator has all kinds of plays to get through a third and 38 right <laughs> yeah i think they went with a draw <laughs> they did go with a draw but what like, do you call on that i mean yeah, really I mean, what do you call there's no point i i call it the screw it Let's throw as far as we can. I have a question for you guys. If Missouri finishes five and seven, we don't have a we don't record a podcast next week. I don't think. Yeah, uh, I think we might actually try to enjoy our holiday. Yeah, we all Liam and I already have to fly into Arkansas on Thanksgiving Day, but we won't record next week. By the next time we record, if Missouri's five and seven, if they've lost both of those games, is there a chance that Odom is done? I mean, I certainly think there's a chance, but they're they're in such a bad position right now in terms of other factors as well. Like, yeah, if they go five and seven, that would be a huge, huge step down. But at least, like, I mean, I guess what what is best case scenario for this season? They they win their last two games and then win a bowl game, finish eight and five, which is what they finished at last season. Um, no, I mean, at this point regression is guaranteed from last year's uh, regular season. So, I mean, I think he'll be on the hot seat, but again, just like who are you going to replace him with? Who's going to want to come into a program where, especially if the appeal isn't heard by then, because what what coach would want to come into a position not knowing if he's able to play in a bowl game and not knowing if he's going to have scholarship reductions. Yeah, and and recruiting restrictions yeah. for that matter. I mean that that's an unfortunate situation for any coach to have to inherit. It almost you're you're starting at such a disadvantage when you take over a program that has shown by firing a previous coach after one year of regression after 3 years of getting better that that shows that the university is going to keep you on a short leash and you start at a disadvantage. That's not very appealing to, pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> that's not very appealing for any coach to take that job. Oh, goodness. Well, the other thing, too, is the only way a coach or maybe a more top-tier coach would take a job like that is because of the money. And as we talked about, Missouri, 
money is not the most prevalent thing right now. And Missouri never has been a program that pays top dollar to get the top coaches yeah, in the country. Barry Odom is still making less money. I believe this is still true than Lovey Smith. Yeah. Who <laughs> was... This will be his first year making a bowl game since I think, taking over? I think Barry's around 11th or so in terms of base salary in the SEC yeah. for head coaches. Yeah. So, yeah, Missouri can't afford to pay someone top dollar. And so they're not probably going to get one of the top echelon coaches. And, and you know, if they were going to make, and I still refer to it as a panic move, even though that might sound weird because they're playing so poorly, but if they wanted to make a panic move, move you should have done it two years ago when Les Miles was still available. Like, yeah, if Les Miles, who's now at Kansas, ended up at Kansas, they probably could have lured him two years ago. But I, I respected the st- decision back then to stick with Odom and let him try it. And I still think, based on his body of work and based on the constant improving, improvement he's shown, minus this year, I still think he is he should at least get one more year to finish with... I mean, next year will be the first guys that he brought in on his own, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's the thing. Yeah, the grass could be greener, so to speak, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not so bad that I think they have no choice but to fire him. Right, and it would just it would give players another reason to leave. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, exactly. You have. I still think Barry Odom seems to be well regarded among his players. Um, so, again, I'm not sure what firing him right now would accomplish when your whole program is kind of in turmoil with this NCAA stuff. But enough of that. Let's. We don't want to. And we wait some more. Yeah, we we're still waiting, still waiting. But we don't want to just talk all only about doom and gloom, right? We like to have a little fun on this podcast, and we've this is our penultimate episode, right? So yeah, that means it's time for our game, our fan favorite game. You know what it is, you love it. It's player or professor, and this week we are sticking with the rule change that we implemented two weeks ago, right? So yeah, I will give each of them uh, two names, two different names for each, and they will have to decide who is a. MU professor and who is uh, a Tennessee player this week because that is who Mizzou is playing. Um, but quickly, before I think we forgot, before we get into the game, why don't we give quick score predictions? Uh, starting with Bennett. Sure. Um, look, I think it's going to be a pretty ugly game. I think Missouri's going to break the touchdown streak, mm. but right now I've <laughs> I've got Tennessee twenty-one seventeen. Yeah, I'm going to go around there as well. I, I think Tennessee wins it. Just the trajectory is better right now, and I think there's something to be said about that momentum. I think Tennessee wins it. I'm going to say 24-13. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly down on the Mizzou football team on the, at the moment, but I'm always down on the Tennessee football team. I never trust them to get it done. <laughs> so I'm going to say Mizzou wins. I'll go 17-10. to 10. I think they get a couple of touchdowns. Fair enough. All right, so now let's get into our game. We'll get right into it. Bennett, you won last week, so how about you go first? Harold Covey or Tim Jordan? Harold Covey is a player. And Tim Jordan's professor. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Harold Covey uh, teaches K through 12. I guess he's, I don't really know what he does. And Tim Jordan is a running back. So I forgot my pen, so you guys keep score. 
Um, but that is 0 for 1 for Bennett. And so now Nick, let's see if I can read my handwriting. Dan Adidin or Garrett Johnson? I'm going to say Dan Adidin is the professor. That is correct. He is a professor. He teaches math. And Garrett Johnson is a defensive back. So that's one nothing for Nick after one round. So now, Nick, you'll go first this time, okay? Ethan Rink. I think that's how you say it. Or Ian Geyser. I'm going to say Ethan is the player. That is correct. Ethan Rink. I think that's how you say it. Sorry, Ethan. Uh, is a linebacker and Ian Geyser. I forgot to write down what he teaches. Uh, but Bennett, uh, Brian Aiken or Nathan Hofer? Ooh. Yeah. I think Aiken is the player. The other guy's the professor. So, sorry, you said Aiken is the player? Yeah. That is correct. Brian Aiken is a linebacker. So that means after two rounds, Nick leads. Two nothing. Two one. Two sorry, two one. Sorry. Uh okay. Moving on. Nick. Bennett. Or Bennett, sorry, you were up first. Come on, dude. What's happening at least to this at least know how to run the game. What's the matter? Robert <laughs> Jerry or Isaac Green. Robert Jerry or Isaac Green. I think I think Isaac Green is the professor. That is incorrect. Robert Jerry teaches law. Isaac Green is a defensive lineman. I went against my gut. I my gut said otherwise. Bad, mm, it bad doesn't choice. matter. It's not your gut. It's your mouth. So that means <laughs> what? Just, Go on to the next word. Words, next, words next come question. out of your mouth. Liam, okay. it's not your day. I'm not the one losing. Uh, okay, Nick, Sean Brown, or Gavin King. Sean Brown or Gavin King. Mm, I'm going to say Sean is the player. That is correct. He is a tight end. And Gavin King teaches physics. Something I don't know anything about. Uh, so Bennett... Something about which you know nothing? Yes. So what is the score? Is it th- Nick's three for three, right? I'm three for three. He's so one for three. three to one. So Nick, you go first this time. Joseph Heger or Jacob Warren? Jacob Warren is the player. Four for four, Nick. This one is a runaway. Jacob Warren's a tight end. Joseph Heger teaches finance. Bennett, John Mincy, or Jonathan Hughes? I think tough one. Tough one. I think Hughes. Wait, what? I'm just saying that's tough. I think Hughes is the player. That is incorrect. He teaches military science. Don't worry, the hundred point question's Here coming we... up. So, <laughs> yeah. so All right, yes, four to one. In, it's uh... in true Tiger kickoff the <laughs> podcast uh, tradition. This last question is worth a hundred points, and Bennett needs it. He's down four to one. <laughs> uh, Nick trying to finish off the perfect game. So Bennett, since you're behind, I'll let you decide. Do you want to go first or second this round? Um. No, I no, guess no, no. He has to go first because. All right, sure. All right. Yeah, well, no, that's how it works. Because if he doesn't get it, then I win. But Nick's a diva over here. I guess so, wow. this is how we uh-huh. usually do it. If you're down, okay. You start. Yeah. All right. Sure. Um, I'm a rule follower. Bruce Harry or Matthew Saransky. I think Saransky is the player. That is correct. 
He is a long snapper, and Bruce Harry is in <laughs> psychiatry, which means, Nick, you need the 100-point question <laughs> to win. Joseph Johnston or Ryan Johnson? <laughs> Say that one more time. Joseph Johnston or Ryan Johnson. That's tough. I'm going to say that. Stop poking me with your foot, Bennett. Whoa. I, they don't need to hear all that, guys. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to interfere with my, my pick. I'm going to say that Ryan Johnson is the player. Ryan Johnson. He is an offensive lineman. Nick finishes <laughs> off the perfect game. I think that's two straight weeks with a perfect game, is it? I had it last week yeah. to win, yeah. But Nick is the penultimate winner of player Professor Nick. Take a moment and say what you want. So off the air, before the podcast, Bennett said that this game was personal today. Not as personal as the final one, Nick. Well, we'll see what happens, but for now, I return to victory, and I think I'm up like 7-4, to 7-5? No, I, we're pretty I close. I don't care. We're pretty close. I don't care. It matters, though, Liam. You should know this as the host. Yeah. Um, I, I think the real loser today is Liam. All right, well, guys, that's all we have this week. Guys and gals, I should say. I apologize. But uh, thanks for listening to Tiger Kickoff the Podcast. No podcast next week. We will be traveling, but enjoy the football games. Enjoy the rest of the season. And, yeah, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Thanks for listening.